0: Welcome to the Woke Type Podcast. We'll be talking with Brian, a good friend of ours, which was also a guest in a previous episode, and he visits us once again to talk about waking up in modern times. See you around.
1: Yes. All right, guys. I am so glad to be here. Um, So we can talk about this. I had this idea. So I wanted to kind of talk about um, waking up and what it's like to wake up today in modern times um, with all of our technological advancements and also the the way that all the information is just so available and also we're so available to each other. But I guess that that also falls under the technology side. Um, I mean, so I just thought we could bring that up and maybe riff on that and talk about it. A lot of times when people talk about uh, the experience of waking up, um, we always—I feel like—we refer more to like wh- how it was. I would like to talk about what it's like to wake up now and today.
2: What do you mean by waking up today versus how it was? Is that <laughs> contrasting like sitting in a cave for months on end? versus... Yeah going to
1: Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of that. Um, just even um, the modern temperament versus, you know, there's some there's some things I think ha- have to kind of be in place when, when we're talking about uh, waking up. There's some things that kind of have to get uh, boxes that got to get checked, you know, so you're not going to be too concerned about your yourself as existence if you're hungry and all the other stuff that needs. So like a certain level of well-being has to be established and that kind of comes with where we are um, today versus back then and all those little pieces that are just what is it like to to have that experience today versus back then so yeah like you said the cave all that all that stuff any of that
0: also I guess the the information that's more mainstream uh, comparing to let's say I don't know 500 years ago where it was uh, mainly um, destined to a small portion of society, and nowadays, spirituality is much more inclusive in that sense. You you don't you don't necessarily have to go to a monastery to you know uh, read a book on uh, uh, meditation and ancient traditions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
2: I feel like part of the the challenge today because information is so widespread as far as the, the concepts regarding spirituality and waking up because it's so widespread the element that's missing or that has a chance to be missed and overlooked is the direct experience and so what happens is you have concepts which crowd perception in regards to the direct experience and so what's what's immediate is ignored in favor of a concept about what's immediate, like the concept of uh, non-duality or oneness or love or surrender. All of those are concepts that come out of someone's direct experience with whatever relationship they were developing with the divine or the mystery or what have you. And they added words to it and it kind of became uh, canon and and doctrine, excuse me. But I feel like that, today if there isn't a sincere yearning for truth that attention can get locked in the concepts of spirituality and then what happens is the there's a spiritual personality that develops which is actually the quote-unquote wrong direction when it comes to waking up the idea quote-unquote of waking up is to wake up out of a self-concept out of a limitation of an idea and so when there's such a a rampant amount of information regarding spirituality i mean you have everything at at your fingertips there's a chance to miss out on that direct experience of what the truth is and what the the concepts reveal
1: yes absolutely i i i agree with that a lot um yeah, it's kind of like if if you already if you're gonna go see a movie and someone's already seen it and they tell you all about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you, you go into the movie you can't even really watch it because you're really watching it in contrast to what you, what someone has already told you and that can kind of be what you're saying with there's like, so much information you know all the things you're so ready you you're not gonna fall for the traps because you know the traps and <laughs> you know you you learn you 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 learn all of the encapsulated knowledge but you don't have the direct Experience there, and it, it can, uh, it becomes trading. You know, they say trading um your your chains, your iron chains for gold ones, like you said. You just develop a, a spiritual ego, and it's just more of the same. You you haven't escaped anything. <laughs> you just <clears throat> you've just come to think of yourself in a different way, but you're still thinking of yourself in some way.
2: On the plus side, if if it leads to you know, <clears throat> excuse me, positivity and love and light and all those you know, all those things that we were accustomed to in the, the, the spiritual circuit. If it, if it leads to all of that, then, I mean, cool, it's fine. There's, there's no pressure to wake all the way up again because, I mean, you're already awake completely. So there's no need to go through the circus trying to find some gem. If you're happy, if you come to a place where you're happy, you're comfortable, you're content, leave it at that. And then grace will take care of the rest. If
0: there's anything else, that needs to be dwindled away. Well, yeah, I, I absolutely resonate with uh, everything you've been you've been telling. Actually, now that you you mentioned happiness, we a couple of friends of mine were uh, talking about that yesterday, and one of them said something along the lines of that happiness is is that experience when you are not exactly looking for it. So it's uh contentment without knowing your content. Would that would that resonate with your you guys ex- experience or or you know, we are talking about concepts, but would you resonate with that definition of happiness? What 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 is happiness really?
1: I would say um what comes to mind when you say that is yeah, when you're when you're in when you're in it and you are happy and you're enjoying it, it's great, you know that's <laughs> um, it's not until you think about yourself as being happy and whatever that is, um, that that I feel like that's where I get stuck at, right? If I'm in the middle of and if I'm just it's it's not about the idea of happiness, it's 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 something else and I, I don't even know how, I get it that with the words.
0: When you're really happy, you can't really put your finger on it. You, You, you know, there are many moments of absolute contentment that are broke by, by something, by a thought or some event that happens, but only as a memory, only as a recollection of what happened, can you say, yeah, everything was fine. Uh, at this point. But yeah, this touches up on the point that, that I was making that uh, when you're really happy, you are not looking for anything, not even for happiness.
2: Right. And so it seems like in, in that description, happiness would be most natural. It's, it's Isn't it Ramana, Ramana Maharshi who said that happiness is your nature? <clears throat> and so when the attention isn't so fixated on the narrative of whatever is happening. Happiness shines. It's it's the mm-hmm. fundamental essence of of who we are. It's the okayness of everything. And it doesn't have to be this happiness that's bubbly and ecstatic and, you know, all giggly and all that juiciness. That's that's fine too and there's there's moments for it, obviously. But happiness is also sitting under a blanket and, and watching T V. With popcorn that's that's getting cold. <laughs> it's contentment. It's it's the complete natural eunus that doesn't have a concept attached to it. Doesn't have an idea cluttering it. Doesn't have a fixation on the
1: past or the future. It's this.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Precisely,
1: and that that thisness I think could get overlooked today, and I think it's very easy because with the with the way that our the way that things are like the way that we put information out there and um everything's just so available you can learn about anything if you want to learn how to build a house you can youtube that so now it's like you can do the same thing you want to wake up oh you can youtube that there's tons of people out there who are out there talking about it and the information is is available and it, and it can be very very helpful um but just like you were saying i think that will bring you back to the idea about what happiness is about um and i think I think the ideas can be keeping you from enjoying actual happiness because you just have this. You can just get this idea in your head that of, of whatever whatever it is you're imagining when you think of happiness, because you probably have some sort of imagined uh, idea, a feeling, um, some vague thought, uh, whatever that is. Whenever you look to right now, you don't feel it. You just end up chasing this imagined happiness, and instead of you're and you're missing the the contentment that is underneath everything, like you're saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when you were talking about that, I was, you know, recalling my times of seeking intensely when it started at about 18, 20 years old. And man, I spent so, so many years, uh, you know, going through spiritual traditions, uh, a few kind of meditations, all that stuff. And, and, and the point, and and the thing comes always back to the point that Brian was making is that with so much information, you easily miss what's already here and, and give your attention to, um, to looking for something that fulfills your ideal, ideal of happiness. and, and get lost because there are so many ways that, and so many approaches nowadays that it's, um, you know, you get scattered, scattered all around uh, the place instead of, you know, just sitting with whatever presents itself right here, right now and, and, and fight, find truth there. Right. Because if, if what you're really looking for is truth, it must be here right now, not in some imaginary place or um, extraordinary experience, but it must be here right now. And, and that was my kind of waking up, waking up from the illusion of, of knowledge, of seeking uh, something in the words instead of this moment
2: I like what you said just now, waking up from the illusion of knowledge. That's beautiful. The illusion of knowledge. So we can have this litany of concepts and ideas and constructed models of the universe and how it all works and whatever the philosophy may be that we're living through. But it's all an illusion. It's Mm. an assumption of what there is as opposed to, as we keep saying, Looking directly at what's in front of you, and, and being available to availability itself, to the to the, the ultimate availability, if you could call it that. <laughs> <laughs> the isness of isness. There, there's this um, this movie, Brandon. You may be familiar, uh, The Wiz, and it's a Motown retelling of The Wizard of Oz. And there's this one character in there. Um, she's the I forget which witch it is, uh, but she's the, the math witch. So she, she knows all about numbers and everything. And the way that she describes the Wiz himself, this grand architect of mischief and mastery and, and, and mystery and whatever, uh, he's the these knees. I mean, he's the is that is. He's the grand man. He's the whiz. And so if we're <laughs> caught up in the, the glitz and glamor, of what the whiz does. We miss the whiz. And the whiz is, in the Bible, the whiz is called the Lord. He's called mm. Abba. He's called God. He is the cosmic birther. Without gender, I mean, we use he, she, whatever. It's that ever-flowing mystery that's the, the mouth of it is is just completely ajar, always swallowing, 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 swallowing. And, and swallowing, it gives, it gives, it gives, it gives. And it's this really strange paradox that you can only settle into, only confront, not as a concept, not as a YouTube video or a piece of text, but in your own singular solitude, in the silence of your own self, your own being. The Lord's mm. right there. And we could also, instead of you know using the Lord or God or these, these huge conceptual words, we can bring it all the way down to simply being the heart and Mm. following what feels completely true in the moment. And there's always an intuitive knowing, which isn't an illusion. It's a direct experience, directly in line with the flow, in sync, in harmony. There's always an intuitive knowing, a heartful, soulful knowing of what the next step is. And if it isn't articulated in words, the next step is always to be available to be open, to say yes, to accept it, whatever it might be. And so we don't get that with something through Twitter or Instagram or Reddit or going through a YouTube video, because in in those moments, we're locked on the screen. That's where attention is. It's glued on something that's exterior to my own individual silence, to the sense of who I am without a label.
0: Wow, that's, that's... That's beautiful, Brian. Yeah, I was I was hearing you describing, you know, uh, sort of the process of sitting uh, with the Lord, as you call it, and um, you know, I, I guess as a background to what, what I'm going to say, one thing that I I found profoundly beautiful in these uh, podcasts is giving the chance that you know it it might change people's lives for the better and 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 serve as a communion to a communion to a, a community that you know finds these podcast and as such how how do you practice this let's say for someone how would you tell the 20 year old, 20 year old me that was profoundly seeking in books and reading how to meditate how to breathe how to do that etc cetera, etc cetera. um how to sit and 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 realize that what would you tell me
2: the easiest practice or exercise i feel <clears throat> which is completely natural is to simply listen and so you could be sitting in your room or outside a park even at a coffee shop since masks are coming down now in some places. And you're sitting there and simply listening to the environment. So if you're in your room, you're listening to the fan, or you're listening to cars passing by, you're listening to birds outside, or the wind, or maybe even the silence itself, or even thoughts if they happen to come up. If you're outside, you can listen to, again, birds, or the wind as it's blowing through the trees, If you're at a coffee shop, you can listen to the chatter of people, the clink and clamoring of cups and mugs and dishes, the espresso machine, the music. And all of that is available completely natural to the ears who are already available to the sound. They're simply there, picking it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And listening in that way is connected with simply being aware. So even if a person is hearing impaired, they can tap into the sense of awareness itself, which is all listening leads to, is simply being aware. That silence, that stillness, coming from simply paying attention to the silence and stillness that naturally shows up when there isn't a fixation on some object of awareness, which could be a text message or something on the screen, something in the environment that's grabbing attention. Awareness Mm. itself is completely pure, completely clean, completely available, even to the sense to recognize it, even to the sense of seeking, even to the sense of trying to find awareness. Awareness is already available to it. And so there's really no true practice, no true exercise is going to lead you anywhere than where you are. If anything, it's going to take away the distractions and bring attention back to its center, which is the sense of awareness itself, the sense of being. And if you're really paying attention, as that young 20-year-old, you'll notice in listening and paying attention to that, that sense of awareness, that too is within the field of awareness, which itself is completely clean, untethered, unbound, unchained to anything. So to answer your question, listening. That's the, the easiest way in, I found, is to simply listen to what's around.
1: I love that.
0: Wow. That, that deeply resonates. That deeply resonates. I, I'm, I'm a bit biased because, you know, I, I'm very sensitive with sounds. Um, in the sense that, you know, it's a realm that I enjoy. But to me, that description, uh, really matches because one way I would describe awareness is that I would I would trade awareness for listening with a capital L in the sense to to exchange it for something for another word because it's it's ever listening ever ever attend, ever ever present. And yeah, that I bet my 20 year old self would feel really helped by that for sure.
2: Because he's a musician, so he's already, like you said, you're you're sensitive to that world anyway. And most people, unless you're you're hearing impaired, most people do have an inclination to, oh, yeah, listening. Because we do that already from the womb. We're we're accustomed to the vibration of sound because mama's voice is sound. It's vibration. So that's that's the environment that we grow into. It's complete darkness, or at the very least, very dim light. And so this this very dark, dimly lit world—all we have contact with—some feeling, some touch, some warmth, some, some some sensation. But really, what it is is it's the vibration. We're living in a room full of sound. It's not simply Mama's voice, which comes through every now and then, but it's also when Mama sw- uh, swallows, when she laughs, when she breathes, when she snorts because she has a cold, when she coughs, when she's wheezing because she has a cough our heartbeat we're hearing all of this as baby growing up and then we come out the womb, and we're told okay this is what the world is forget everything that you heard when you were coming into this (laughs) that's all rumor this is what it really is and then we we cling to that cling to the concepts of what really is as opposed to coming back to what's natural completely natural What we grew up with learning to to be with which is simply listening and being aware
1: (laughs) reminds me of the the journey home um you have to leave and come back. <laughs> oh, I I would really, I would tell yourself this. I would tell you that you are already doing it. Like the I I just when I think about um, hindsight, I just know that we always can see all the different ways we could do it. And I don't think you can skip the process, no matter how much you want to, because that would just be the new process. And so, I would want to remind you that you are right now na- right now the pioneer. The universe has never been you before, right now in this moment, and everything you're doing is a first. And so that kind of puts you back in the driver's seat. So yes, you have all the instructions. You're listening to the people, and they're telling, they're pointing out, you know, um, all the guide markers. But make sure you have your hand on the wheel, so to speak, and you're you're living and um, trying to connect that with yourself as you find these truths in yourself. Because here you recognize them being spoken by someone else. There's a recognition. You're like, ah, yes, that. You know where does that recognition come from? Well, that's your that that's the same thing that's going to recognize it within you and your experience here and now. And so, um, anything I would try to point you point you back and let you know you're already in the on on the process. All of the the seeking you're doing is is completely necessary. That's the that's the <laughs> the next step for you right now. And when you're done, you'll be done. And and not a second before. Uh, so I think because I just I I always think about that. You know, it's not. It's it's I can have my insights, but I can't give them to you because they're mine and what you're looking for are your own insights and and they have to be alive for you so you can have that kind of recognition. And so um I just want to yeah, just empower you and let you know you're in it right now <laughs> and everything's going right. This is not a race.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I think it's it, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying, because. Uh, I described this and I, I i coined this term I'm very happy that I haven't heard it from a teacher or anyone else is what I call a process of exhaustion mm. and that's literally w- what happened because you know the 20 year old Rui that was uh desperately seeking in all the books all all the information you could find had to go through this process of Exhausting, uh, exhaustion and to, so that the, um, the simplicity of it all would fall in, in, um, in the most obvious way, you know, would, would appear in the most obvious way and, and the seeking energy would slowly fall and, and lose its grip. So, Throughout my life, and we have talked about this before, Brandon, it has always been a process of exhaustion, of trying something and moving to the next thing, and so on and so forth. And and in that sense, it's, uh, you know, it, it's beautiful that there's, even even in the realm of illusion, in, in seeking for something that will never, you know, give... That equality of peace, but it's, it's something that, you know, you can, you can make a, a checklist and say, okay, I've done this. Let's, let's move forward and on and on and on till you eventually, hopefully, there's a, a recognition that I'm done seeking for something. Let's look of what is here right now. And that's, that's the most simple thing and available to everyone. No need of meditation, cushions, no yoga mats. It's simply here.
1: Brian, I really, really like the silence. That is probably my favorite pointer. I love every time you go there <laughs> and the pointer to listening because I think we're talking about waking up right now. Well, that what better way to get you into the now in right now, and then to listen, because you can't, you can't listen in the past tense. You can only really just hear what's right now here. What's here to be heard.
2: And silence really is the best teacher because once you, you've drank drunk, drank in all of those different concepts, once you've consumed all of everything about spirituality and You've exhausted all the practices and there's there's nothing left. Nothing left. Not bliss, not misery, nothing. It's completely empty. Which there is silence. <laughs> and it's the same silence is there when you're going through all your, your hoops and drama. It's the same silence that's there when you're not worried about spirituality or anything at all. It's the same silence as when you're eating a cheeseburger or a slice of pizza. It's the same silence that's behind your favorite music. That same silence is consistent. It's so consistent that you don't even need the word silence on it. Mm. And it's recognized
0: immediately.
2: We can call it intuition. We can say that it comes from the depth of our being or something like that but that's all conceptual that's all language which is fine it's beautiful mm-hmm. but silence still is what it is without there need needing to be a label on it wow
0: well, and now i don't feel like talking at all i'm right i'm right there <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is there saying i've been trying to um recognize that i that I am silent all the time, even when i what i'm when I'm normally just sitting in the car and I'm sitting here trying to listen, I always realize I have some idea about it what silence would sound like and that actually even while I'm sitting there thinking that that's not a noise <laughs> and there's silence there too. and so I'll just keep trying to or there has I shouldn't even say I'm trying I should just say. There's just been a continual a continual recognition of that, yeah, <laughs> as myself, I guess, and one could say one could say.
0: Yeah, the thing with silence is also that, um, again, it can be sought as a as a as another object as as a mute sound, let's say, and, and it's a good starting point, but, you know, it goes much deeper than that. And, and the offering I feel is that there will be challenging times that will seemingly obscure that, that silence and, and, and it's a habit, habit that has been going on for years, for decades. And, um, and the offering is that each time that these challenging thoughts or feelings come, it's an opportunity to, to test out and to, you know, instead of drowning in the energy that is so consuming, so exhausting of the thought, of, of the feeling, sit with it and, and change the focus. To the silence that was realized before, so I feel that there is a point that, because visiting again and again that silence becomes frequent, the habit of of the mind of of that seemingly seemingly breaks that silence uh, diminishes progressively. So, in in these intense times, there's I felt. That it was a kind of test, an u- ultimate test that would put me in in you know like like the Euro journey of Frodo going to Mount Doom and discarding the the ring, and mm-hmm. as such you know discarding all the all the noise that seemingly um, obscures the silence, and 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 the habit of of the mind. Is slowly broken by the other abbot that is re- revisiting the silence and being absolutely sure that it's a real thing. It's it's more real than the noise because it's something that, as Brandon as as Brian was saying, we have the intuition that it's it's there, available, right now, and and that's the. I guess that's the process, at least it is for me, that, that revisiting again and again, the breaking of the habit of the conditioning and, 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 and in the end, it engulfs it, engulfs the noise and emerges both the noise and the silence. And there's only silence.
2: And the silence that remains which always is what it is, here now, this silence contains and creates all the noise. This is really great um, speaker, preacher, teacher that I grew up with eons ago when I was still in the church and um, still excited about being a pastor and that sort of thing. It was this guy, Varon Ash, and the way that he... Uh, preached using the Bible wasn't like every other pulpit preacher that I was used to, where you know it's the hooping and hollering, which is all the noise and the, the you know hand clapping and offering and all of that. He, he he played the role of the circus, but he wasn't part of the circus. There was a different quality to him. And it seems as though, in retrospect, the quality was that he was Gnostic in his approach, which is to say that there was a communion and union with God in this presentation. It wasn't simply talking about an object itself in the sky. It's a recognition mm. of that stillness within, that I am, that it's always here. And one of the things that he brought up, which I thought was beautiful in one of his, his uh, lectures, sermons, teachings, presentations, what have you, is that God itself, is sound. And he uses, uh, I think it's a scripture in John, uh, the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. And nothing that was made was made without him. So the word creates everything. Or that speech, that that vocalization, that vibration, that sound creates everything. And we take that same idea, it's a concept, and we marry it with the concept of om. Um from Hinduism. And we recognize, oh, they're talking about the same thing. Om, that word, that that vibration, which is met in stillness, met in silence, that's carrying the entire show, the entire illusion, is being propagated, supported, created, sustained by the stillness, which is a consistent vibration of silence. So even though we say, and I, I remember you just a, a few moments ago, Rui, really, talking about um, objectifying silence, talking about it being something as a as a mute of noise. When we're we're taking attention away from objectifying silence and simply meeting it where it is, right here, we notice that the the sweetness to it, the nectar of silence as a teaching, as a practice exercise, as a recognition, is that it's the the quintessence. Of the moment. It's the liveliness of the moment. It's the isness of the moment. And so, in looking for it, you stretch yourself beyond it because you are itself looking at silence, trying to find the silence. You are the word itself, trying to find the word. You are the song of the universe, trying to find the song of the universe, in essence. And so, when we come into recognition again and again of noticing, like you said, that there's this simple, quiet stillness that's always available, always here. Every time we tap into that, it's like washing your hands of the filth of the mind. Every single time you, you come and you wash your hands, and you go back and you play again. <laughs> you come back and you wash your hands, and you go back and you play again. And eventually oh, what happens, I used to work at Jamba Juice, but anybody who's worked at any kind of fast food situation where you're washing your hands all the time, you realize you don't have to keep washing your hands because they end up staying clean. Your nails are pristine, white, I mean, they're cracking at a certain point because you've washed them so much. And that's what happens with the mind, with all the concepts. It begins to dry out. The juice of the spiritual journey begins to wither away. The juice of seeking and finding something which is different than yourself begins to dry up, crack, and uh, peel away. And what remains is the wetness, the moisture of silence, the moisture of stillness, the moisture of simply being alive, which itself is so beautiful simple and beautiful, overlooked for a concept and beautiful, available all the time and beautiful. Now, I, I want to mention, I apologize really for, for kind of uh, uh, spilling at the mouth, but you mentioned something uh, with regards to exhaustion, and it, it brought up something in memory. Mm-hmm. There was a moment you know, during the whole spiritual journey thing where I was uh, completely fed up. This was at the end of uh, backpacking and road tripping and looking for some truth, some proof of truth that the spiritual world exists. I was looking for ghosts or God himself, angels, something to mm. tell me that whatever people describe it in the, in the DMT experience, I wanted to taste that, to see it without the drugs. And so I was mm-hmm. going through the whole spiritual journey thing and nothing was producing that effect that I was looking for. And so it happened that after all that was exhausted, I ended up under this tree A really cold, windy night. It's actually not too far from what I'm saying now. Really cold, windy night. Uh, And what the, the plan was either I'm going to break into the spiritual world or I'm going to die. And the idea was that I was committing suicide. And the thought was to drink a bottle of, I think it was Jack Daniels, pass out. But just before I passed out, to wrap a plastic bag around my head and then gradually slip off that way. And either I'll meet God face to face or I'll just be no more. Oh and so God. what happened is I did pass out, didn't wow. get to the plastic bag. <laughs> I woke up at around well. two thirty, three 3 o'clock in the morning, completely sick. The world was spinning. I was nauseous. I felt like I needed to to vomit mm-hmm. right then 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 and there in the sleeping bag. And also had to pee. So I stumbled, oh am I still putting the thing? Yeah. I stumbled up Stumbled off into the field somewhere, undid my pants. Everything just kind of spilled out. I didn't throw up, but then I stumbled back to my sleeping bag, which was soaked with by, by the rain, and I started to weep. And it was this deep, deep, painful weeping that came out from some depth below my billet. I mean, it was just, oh, all this, oh, I mean, wailing. And in the distance, you could hear trucks driving by because there was a highway. So you hear this hissing of trucks passing by on the highway. And then there's me. Mm. <laughs> but once all of that was finished, all the wow. crying, once it was exhausted, it was simply silence. And there was a recognition that the silence, which is peace, was watching the entire show play out. And the only one that was up in arms about the whole thing, trying to get somewhere, was this idea that I had of myself, this idea of a spiritual seeker, this idea of somebody who's cut off from God. Believing that idea to be real, clinging to the illusion of knowledge, silence was missed. Peace was missed. And the peace that silence was my own self. So I was ignoring myself, looking at something outside of me, trying to find something outside of me.
0: wow so what you're saying is that enlightenment is at the bottom of a jack daniels bottle (laughs) (laughs) man that that was beautiful
1: (laughs) it
2: was